0: This is The Lost Start of Communication, hosted by Molly and Trisha. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today, we have a very special and somewhat different episode inspired by the recent events that are happening in our country. Right now, the Black Lives Matter movement is going incredibly strong. My cat feels passionately about it, if you hear her in the background. And so, of course, we want to use our voices and use this platform in the best way we can to support that movement and to address the things that we can do, that we feel we can do as two white women to help contribute to a solution and make the world a slightly better place. So, Molly is going to start by sharing some of her thoughts. I'll then share some of mine, and then we're going to go into an open dialogue using some resources that we found online as a guideline, given that obviously Molly and I, two white women, might not know the best way to approach this situation. We've been doing it wrong for so many years, and so this is going to be a very open and vulnerable episode where we are just going to share. The best that we can. And just general disclaimer, this won't be perfect. And if you hear anything on this episode that is offensive or upsetting to you, or if it inspires a thought, we would love to hear from you. So please contact us. We are approaching this from the place of utmost humility and vulnerability saying we don't have the answers to this problem. This is not a Something like, how do I stop ghosting? This is far more deeply ingrained and much more important. And so we are just using this as a space to share our thoughts on the matter. And we welcome your input and advice.
1: And by doing this, we're also hoping that this creates an open dialogue between you and your friends and your families. So, um, I wanted to start by saying that like Trisha said, we are two white women and we are privileged in more ways than just our skin color. I have been quiet on my views in the past for fear of offending, saying something wrong, or just not being the quote unquote right person to speak out. Um, But with more and more I'm reading and the more hate I'm seeing going on around me, I just, I feel more uncomfortable staying quiet than speaking out on what I think and what I feel. And I am embarrassed for how long it's taken me to really acknowledge what's going on around me because this is not something new the it has come to a head this past two weeks but by no means is this new this has been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years this is all you know based on racist policy and white privilege and anyways this is not the first and i'm sure not the last time a black person will be murdered by the hands of society's so-called protectors We need to stop turning a blind eye to things that we will not experience and shed light on real issues and biases of white people. I will most likely, like Trisha said, say something wrong during this episode. And I acknowledge that and I want to grow from it. I'm admitting this now because I want people to know I'm becoming more familiar with my own implicit biases and I'm asking for feedback and more resources to help me unlearn and to grow. We talk about being vulnerable on this show a lot, and being vulnerable is what we need to do to show up for our fellow humans when they are hurting and dying, and we are hurting them. We might not feel like we are quote-unquote ready to speak out, but the time is now, and if we don't speak, we don't open ourselves up for learning and unlearning, and therefore nothing gets better. Black Lives Matter. Dr. Ibram X. Kendai said, the most fundamental human right is the right to live. I do apologize if I did say his name wrong. I've only read it. I haven't actually heard his name spoken. Um, The Lost Art of Communication podcast is about sharing strategies, ideas, and real-life stories that we've lived through and to help everyone become better communicators. So again, Trisha and I, as two white women, cannot speak to what Black people are going through and have gone through the past hundreds of years because we should not pretend like we can put ourselves in their shoes. We can talk about how to communicate our thoughts about what's going on and create a space of learning and unlearning.
0: Mm -hmm. Beautifully put, Molly. And going off of that last comment, I want to point out that we talk a ton on this show about taking perspective, which means putting yourself in the other person's shoes so that you can communicate more effectively with them. However, This is an instance where we literally cannot take the perspective of those most affected. I will never be a black person. I will never know what that feels like. Taking perspective in this case just isn't enough because it is literally not possible. I, like Molly, grew up as a white female, which endowed me with privileges unknown to many. If I, for example, see sirens behind me on the highway, I know that there's a good chance I can charm my way out of getting a ticket. Rightly or wrongly, I know that that's probably a likely scenario. And if that doesn't work, I at least know that I am safe. Yes, I may have a mini heart attack because I don't like getting in trouble, but whether it's getting pulled over or going through security at the airport, I know that Because of my position in society, I will leave the situation unharmed. And honestly, I'll likely get away with things that other people can't. No matter what happens, someone usually will always defend the innocent white girl. Now, what's interesting for me personally is that I have always been fascinated by diversity. I've always seen it as such a good thing. Even though I went to predominantly white schools for most of my childhood, I always somehow managed to make friends with the minorities in my class. I've always been genuinely curious about other cultures, and to be honest, I used to hate being white. I used to complain about it because I felt like it was so boring. I wished that I came from a family with more quote-unquote culture. And I still try to be friends with as many people from different backgrounds and cultures as possible because I feel like that's how we really learn, when we talk to people who grew up in different circumstances than our own. Racial justice was always something very important to my family. My mother told me that the first time she saw my grandfather cry was when Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. She also told me that she took classes at a predominantly black university in New Orleans because she wanted to experience what it felt like to be the minority herself. And you know what? She said it was awful. Because of the way I was raised, and because of my general fascination with other cultures, I never felt I grew up in a particularly racist environment. However, that does not at all mean that I am free by any stretch from implicit bias. I, like Molly, have always been afraid to rock the boat. For so long, I believed that living by example was enough. I thought, if I'm kind to this person, if I'm friends with them, that's all I can do. I felt the call to step up didn't really apply to me because I don't feel like I'm racist. But as we know, not being racist is not enough. We have to be adamantly anti-racist. And I recognize now that being a, quote, good person is not going to do anything for the cause. And like Molly, I'm also working on discovering my own implicit biases. Just because I may have friends from different backgrounds doesn't mean I don't hold these subconscious beliefs that I have never stopped to consider or try to change because I felt they didn't apply to me. It is absolutely appalling that it's taken an act so incredibly vile for people like myself to really step up and even attempt to take action. I don't know if anything I do or say will ever help the situation, but I at least have to try harder than ever before. These crimes of hate are nothing new, yet it took witnessing something so objectively heinous for the country to finally speak out. To any minority, particularly anyone who is black listening to this, I want you to know that I understand, as a white woman, that I will never understand what it feels like to be in your position. I honor you, I respect you, I value you, and I vow to do whatever I can to make the world feel safer and more peaceful for you. I ask that you help me to be better. Because I don't know what I don't know. And I will never know really what you've gone through. So we want to take a minute to talk about ways that we feel that we can make the communication better as a white person. What are some steps we can be taking? Obviously, Molly and I have spent a lot of time thinking about this and trying to do our, the best that we can admitting that there's, we don't even know where to begin. This is really hard for us as well. But hopefully by sharing our thoughts and our ideas will inspire some action on everyone's part too.
1: I do really appreciate all the words that you said, obviously, Trisha, and I just really appreciate being able to have discussions with the people in my life and it's 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 really good to bring all these things up to a head, and yes, it's very uncomfortable. Change is uncomfortable, but it's more it has come to a point now where not changing is more uncomfortable than changing.
0: Can I just point out something? yeah, based on on what you just said, if we think about the level of discomfort that white people <laughs> would have had <sighs> to face having you know, maybe a few conversations a day, maybe just standing up for someone that was getting bullied or being attacked based on their race or hiring someone of color, even though their name was dissuading them, which as there's we can share the statistic about how that happens and the implicit bias there. But you think about the culmination of all the minor discomforts that white people would have had to feel to prevent all of the incredible discomfort that Black people experience, it is so insignificant. So if literally every white person in our country feels some minor discomfort for the sake of the greater good, I feel like so much of this could have been prevented and things would have changed. So anyway, just... When you said that, it really struck a chord with me to say, yes, it feels uncomfortable, but what is our discomfort in comparison to the discomfort that Black people feel walking down the street not knowing if they're going to get arrested for something that they didn't or may murdered or, may not have done? or yeah. you
1: know, yeah, there are conversations that they have to have their families about interacting with the police. Like, these are things that we have never ever had to experience as white women. And we cannot understand. And yes, it is uncomfortable. I've been uncomfortable for a week and a half now. Okay. That's literally nothing. And I just want to promote this feeling of change amongst all of you as well. Um, I saw a really good quote on Instagram by at Miss Toler. Um, This is something that kind of goes along with that idea of change, but it says normalize changing your opinion on something after learning new information. It is okay. I promise. End quote. I feel like a lot of white people have the tendency to become very defensive in this moment. Um, I'm not racist. I would never do something like that. Oh yeah. That was horrible that that man was murdered, but like, that's just one bad guy and that's not me. It is you, it is all of us, it is the racist policies that have been going on for hundreds of years and the white privileged thinking that we all have that have caused these culmination of events. We need to start changing our opinions and be okay with change.
0: Mm -hmm. So it's not okay to say, well, I just grew up thinking this way. And I know we mentioned in our last episode about communicating across generations just throwing it out there, that episode was recorded prior to all of this happening doesn't make it okay. But the one of the things we said was sometimes older generations, we have to perspective take that they were raised in a more racist environment. Older generations can change too, and need to and should you can teach an old dog new tricks. So don't let that be an excuse. Well, I've been thinking this way for 100 for 50 years. No, okay, change it. You can literally change your thoughts if you do the work to do so.
1: I was on a um, Zoom call the other night with a group of women um, and one of the women's mothers came on and I was, you know, thinking, oh, no, like, what's she going to say? And it was the most beautiful statement of change and how we need to do better. And it just made me have, you know, a lot of faith in the fact that things are hopefully, hopefully starting to turn a new leaf and people are becoming more aware. So I totally agree with what you say, Trisha. that this is not the time to be quiet and just assume that people cannot learn or change. This is the time to share facts and knowledge and have discussions.
0: I do want to point out something though about this concept of silence. Yes, we should all speak up. But we also need to recognize people use their voices in different ways. So I, for example, haven't really posted on social media because I am still intaking information and I'm overwhelmed by all the information. I'm processing things and I would rather do the deep digging on my own and in my in my circle. So I have not been silent in the sense that I have brought this up to every client that I've worked with. I've brought it, made it as a discussion with every person that I talk to. I talk about it every day, but I may be quote, silent on social media. So I just want to point out, yes, speak up and use your voice, but also try not to shame people if they're not speaking out the same way that you are, because you don't know what work that they're doing behind closed doors. Of course, inspire people to take action. All of these things saying, don't be silent, has really been inspiring for me to not be silent physically. I verbally have been talking about it all day, every day. However, just keep in mind that some people take longer to process things and that's okay too and it's important actually rather think about things and take active steps in your real life than post something flippantly on social media because you just saw a meme and that's and you're just hiding behind the screen. Not saying that's what people are doing, but it can be tempting to feel, well, I quote, spoke up on Facebook, therefore my work here is done. No, that is not the work. <laughs> that is not the work at all. You need to be thinking about how you are changing your every interaction. In light of what you're working on as a person right now,
1: yeah. Um, in that same Zoom call, we were talking about I, I don't have the quote on me, but it was about like how you can do the work in your own kind of lane. Like, Trisha doesn't have a personal Instagram, like, you're not a social media communicator, so I wouldn't expect you to start blowing up the lost art of communication, Instagram and posting on your Facebook, because that's not the way that you communicate. However, I'm not surprised that you are having discussions with your friends and family, because that is something that you, that's your modality of communication is having conversations in person. Um, However, something that one of the girls in the zoom call brought up too, is like, try to do something one lane outside of your comfort zone too. So they were talking about, um, educating yourself on the history of the mistreatment of black people. And we were talking about how one woman really enjoyed listening to podcasts and she's like, you know, but I really want to read this book. So I'm going to get out of my comfort zone and read this book too, to educate myself. So do something that you might not typically do. If you do find yourself always, just posting on social media flippantly and not doing the work behind it, it might scratch that itch of I've done something, I'm doing something, but try to do something one step outside of it. So read that article behind that, you know, caption on the Instagram post. Read a book that you might not have normally picked up. All of these things can start, start educating us from the inside. And that's where it really needs to happen. If we are not digesting the information that we are consuming, it is not going to change anything. Um, I'm reading a book right now called How to Be an Anti-Racist. I have gotten two chapters in. I've listened to those two chapters three times now (laughs) because every once in a while I'll, you know, realize I'm going off on a different chain of thought and I'll miss something. And Make sure that you are doing the work and not just saying, "Oh, yep, I read that book." That Chick.
0: is so huge because right now we are all being inundated with so many resources, so much information, which is fabulous. but we can look at a hundred thousand Instagram posts about quotes about, you know, ending racism and Black Lives Matter. But in it actually is much more valuable to delve deeply into one thing. That is going to help because this is such an overwhelmingly complex issue that if we try to learn every facet and solve every facet, we're going to get frustrated. And my fear is that this is going to happen for a period of time where everyone's going crazy and then all of a sudden we're going to forget about it and say, well, there's nothing I can do to change versus taking one small step. Like having one conversation or reading a book, really educating yourself, not skimming through something, but like Molly's doing, really reading through it and saying and and getting the most that you can out of it because change starts really with knowledge and learning and growth. And so all of this is to say, don't let yourself get overwhelmed by the complexity of the situation, rather break it down. Keep it as simple as possible. And simple doesn't mean that you're not affecting change. This is going to take a long time to for us to get through. It's going to take a very long time. So don't expect that throwing out a hundred different posts is going to make any difference compared to doing the deep, deep, deep digging work that might actually take a lot more time.
1: Yes, I... Um... Two days ago, I was doing that. I was just scrolling on Instagram, and I became paralyzed in action. I didn't actually do anything that day to better my understanding, to call my um, mayor. I didn't do any action items, and I was the most debilitated that day from all the news I was consuming, but nothing actually came of it. So what I decided to do was to dedicate certain times to reading how to be an anti-racist and also going on social media so I can actually deeply take a look at what I'm consuming because this is too important to let go away. I really hope what you said, Trisha, doesn't happen. I really hope it doesn't go to the wayside because it that's what's been happening again, for 400, 500 years. So we cannot let that happen again. Um, And on that same point, it is so important to listen, open your ears up and listen. This is not time for us to communicate. Yes, we are communicating on a podcast right now, but we are also hoping this will spring forward people to just open up their ears and eyes and listen to people of color, black people who have stories and experiences to share. We don't have anything experience-wise to share. We just want people to start listening.
0: One thing I saw, though, that was interesting is this girl that I know, I don't know her well, but she posted on Facebook, she's a black woman, and she said she was just inundated with all these messages from her friends trying to get information and trying to help and support but she was like I am broken right now under the weight of all of you asking me what to do so that is where like we can't just call up our black friend and say hey it is not their job yeah hey how do I solve this problem it's like no we need to go out of our way to find the books to do the research to go to the protest and, and peaceful protest and to, to, to watch speeches I watched a speech that the mayor of Savannah gave the other day and it brought me to tears and to do things like that where you can really learn and try to empathize of course there's only a certain degree that we can physically possibly empathize but Asking your friends for help, yes, is great, but don't overwhelm them to the point that you're putting all of the work on them. If you say, hey, just like tell me what to do here, Mm. that's not okay. You can reach out and support and say, hey, I'm thinking of you and things like that. But make sure that you're helping them with their needs. Ask them how they're feeling. Remember, this is not about you. This is, yes, there's a lot that we can do to change, for sure. But at the end of the day, this isn't about us. This is about the mistreatment of other people that if you're a white person, you don't understand. So don't make it their responsibility to make you feel better because you feel guilty. Yes, you should feel guilty, but do the work on your own.
1: They have been trying to communicate with us for hundreds of years. Again, it is not their time because now we're feeling bad about to be like, can you help me? No, you need to go do your own work and do that. If they are being generous enough with their time and their energy, then yes, use the resources that they're putting out, but do not go reach out to them if they have not extended an open arms to do so yes
0: and I know at the beginning of our show we said please let us know what we're doing wrong and that's only for people who want to and we're not expecting that so that's really the takeaway here is Mm. don't expect that your the black people you know are going to solve this for you that is not their job it is our job as the ones who have gotten ourselves into this situation to do as much unlearning as we can and try to use our own power and privilege to help the situation and to help others completely thinking about other routes of communication there's this resource that molly and i will link in the show notes saying what people of color want from white allies so some of those phrases are respect us so they want to be respected listen to us. So like Molly just said, this is not our time for us to go preaching what we feel, think, and feel. This is a time for us to listen.
1: I heard someone the other day say something about how a white man was saying how Black people have not been through trying times. And I was, oh, that just boiled my blood. He is not listening. He is putting his own white fragility up front and saying, I feel uncomfortable with this. It can't be true. It is true. Listen.
0: Yeah. And going off that, I also saw something the other day where this person said, well, my Irish immigrant family was slaves too. And there was an article about the unforgotten Irish slaves that very well could be true. And that it should be acknowledged, but not right now. This is not a chance to take. And this is like, we're not sitting here like, well, we're marginalized for being women. It's not right now. Now is not the time to deal with that. Yes, those are issues and they should be thought about. But when it's Black Lives Matter, the focus needs to be on that and on the issue at hand. Because if we just say, well, this happened to me too. It's like, so a really great thing I saw the other day was disregarding Black Lives Matter and saying something like all lives matter is the equivalent of if you are... If you're, let's say your child passed away and you're at the funeral talking about what a wonderful child it was and what a special child, and then someone stands up and says, yeah, but all children are special. That is, so this is, you don't want to take the issue and turn it into, well, in my life, blah, 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 because there's, this is not apples and oranges. This This is one issue that we need to think about. So anyway, going back to the list to be why allies don't take over with something else that they said, which it hits on that point. If you're making it about yourself, you're taking it over. Take risks. Understanding is what they want. Speak up. Persevere daily. So we'll send that, that document in the show notes or we'll post it in the show notes. But I just wanted to share a few of those for you.
1: Yeah. One more that I really thought was important was just make mistakes. It is okay. You have to make mistakes to learn. If you're too scared to make mistakes, which is something that I'm admitting that I was too scared to do before. I was terrified to make this episode just because I was like, what if I don't say the right thing? But I'm realizing now if we're too scared to make mistakes, we're silent. We We don't enact change. Nothing changes. We have to speak up, make mistakes, learn, unlearn, change. More
0: important to say something right now than it is to say nothing. Yes. All right. So what are our takeaways?
1: All right. So, um, there are a lot of things that we can do for takeaways resource wise and learning wise. Something that I have been doing is to be a better communicator. Again, I have to get more information. And I have to build up my own knowledge base in order to communicate with other people. So my action or takeaway today is to find a resource, one resource that is reliable, that you want to use to start educating yourself from within so you can start the internal change. Mine is how to be an anti-racist. It's a book and we can link that in the show notes too. So far, it's really good. um, But that's one thing that I'm doing to better my understanding to then be able to better hold these conversations.
0: Yes. And I like what you said about just choose one thing because otherwise it'll feel Mm -hmm. incredibly overwhelming. So mine is going to be have a conversation with a person. If you don't know a black person or a person of color, it is fine to talk with someone in your own circle because this is where change happens too in our immediate vicinity. So talk with one person and just ask them, what are your thoughts on the matter? And just listen. And you may not agree with everything they have to say, but in order for us to make opinions and to to inspire change, we need to have as many perspectives as possible. And some of them might be infuriating. So I'm not saying don't speak your mind, but take time to listen first, gather all the information and then share what you're feeling. But What I've found is when I ask other people how they're processing things, they'll share such new insights with me that I never even stop to consider. And I'm like, wow, I didn't think about how this was affecting a Lebanese-American living in Washington, D.C., as one of my clients was, or how this is affecting someone who is not from this country who happens to be here right now and how her feelings are on the situation as not an American who happens to live here, or and most importantly, how it's affecting the Black people in our lives and really just taking time to listen and gain that perspective without taking over ourselves. And then, of course, use that information to inform you and to help you, but choose one conversation to really focus and listen. All of that being said, again, we welcome your input And we would love for this to be an open dialogue and we'd love to hear from you. So please contact us either on Instagram at Lost Art of Communication, Twitter, Lost Art of Communication, Facebook, Lost Art of Communication, or email us at lostartofcommunication at gmail.com. Let us know if we said something you didn't agree with today or we said something wrong. We would love to know and share with us your resources and we'd be happy to share with you more of ours. Thank you very much thank you guys. Have a good day.